Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain and Chad Cruz with you. And Chad, for the first time in quite a while, we have somebody in the guest chair. We do. It was getting kind of lonely there for a while. It was just you and I. And uh, as much as I enjoy talking with you, it's going to be real nice to hear another person's voice. And that other person is none other than our second favorite toy man on the planet. The toy man himself, Christy Petrillo. Tis the season for a toy man appearance. I got to shoot myself back to number one in your good graces. Well, of course, number one is Santa Claus himself. He is the ultimate toy man and has been for some time. But at this time of year, he's a very busy man. He is. We could not get him on the show. As am I, but we'll get to the plugs later. Absolutely. And uh, (laughs) I do have to wonder, though, if Santa Claus might be one of the special guests at the live Geekscape event happening on December 17th. And of course, Bulletproof Podcast will be a part of that all-day streaming event. It's the second annual Geekscape live stream-tacular, Friday, December the 17th. And again, you will find out more information about that as we get closer on our social media channels, at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter, at Bulletproof Action on Facebook, and on Instagram. But gentlemen, the movie we're covering today actually kind of came out of the first annual Geekscape livestream Tacular because last year we asked our fans and our listeners, what are your favorite Christmas action movies? And one of them that came up was The Long Kiss Goodnight. And I, Chad Cruz, had never mm-hmm. seen that movie. Yeah, that's kind of surprising to me in a way, I guess. it. You know, it really is one of those types of movies that kind of hangs below the radar. Um Everyone seems to like it, but not enough to like, you know, buy it on Blu-ray and pass it around to your friends kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, every every Christmas you hear about the movie, but when it's not Christmas time, no one really talks about it. So I guess it's not that surprising. Yeah, so I, I did correct that uh, last year and did cover it for the site, but now we're going to cover it here on the Bulletproof Podcast. And we may as well just get right into it, guys, because... I know Chris is going to give us a sales pitch at the end of the show. Yes. It might take 45 minutes, so we'll see. I'll try to condense it. All right. <laughs> bullet points. We'll go. There you go. Bullet points. That's what it's all about. So The Long Kiss Goodnight was released on October 11th, 1996. And uh, behind the scenes powerhouses in this one, Chad. Yeah. We've got a director, Rennie Harlan, and written by the one and only Shane Black. Right. And these two guys were kind of at their peaks at this moment, you know, that moment in time where Shane Black could kind of do no wrong, uh, especially in the eyes of action fans. And uh, yeah, now he, he did the Predator movie, which is awful. Well, this is 1996. It was before that situation. I know, but I still hate him. All right. Well. <laughs> and Rennie Harlan married to the star of The Long Kiss Goodnight at the time, trying to get her over into the action genre. Yeah, so so we've got a little uh, favoritism there, and Chad's hates Shane Black. Uh, is yeah, what we're basically pointing out here. Right, but you know what? We also got you know we talked. You just mentioned Rennie Harlan being married to uh, Gina Davis. Uh, they had just come off the heels of Cutthroat Island, which is a movie that I absolutely adore. And not many people do, from what I understand. Well, there's not a lot of smart people out there, brain. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that that is. Uh, some people like Cutthroat Island. Some people like the garbage pail kids. <laughs> That's true. And you're talking to two of them right now. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and what a lucky man I am. So the opening credits, we get our first look at government assassin Charlene Elizabeth Baltimore. Just glimpses as we, we, we look through these this files and you know all that type of stuff. But when we actually, the movie begins, we're not meeting Charlie Elizabeth Baltimore. We're meet, meeting Samantha Kane. Both of these women, mind you, are Gina Davis, Ooh. for those who've never seen this film. Uh, so Samantha Kane, she's a school teacher, and she's in the Christmas parade in small town USA. She's playing Mrs. Claus. Uh, this right now, Chris, is more like a Hallmark movie than a, an action movie. Yeah, just uh, a little bit of that like heartfelt down home feel. And uh, may I just say that Samantha Kane is pretty much an equally badass name to Charlene Baltimore. I think either one of them would have worked with her uh, assassin side. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, obviously that was her. We'll we'll find out that was her cover name, and she, got, being a badass, didn't want to have a real. She didn't want to be like Gertrude or something. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a Gertrude. Yeah. No. Apologies so, to any Gertrudes who are listening. Yeah, we just I'm lost. sure. I'm sure there's at least 15. Easy. Uh, Easy. Yeah, I'm sure. Just if we have 15 women listening, I'd be shocked. Uh, let alone 15 women named Gertrude, uh, and I'd really be shocked. So yeah, we're we're, we're at the Christmas parade. Uh, we find out that Samantha has focal retrograde amnesia. And let me say something about Retrograde. That's one of the shittiest Dolph Lundgren movies I've ever seen in my life. But oh, my God. Out, Bringing out the Dolph this early? Okay. Okay. I think Gary Daniels is in that one, too. But uh, that still doesn't help, Dolph. That was an awful movie, sir, If you're in case you're listening. But I love so many of your other ones, so you, you get a pass. But, yeah, she has focal retrograde amnesia. Her memory only goes back eight years. And that's kind of when she kind of washed up on a beach and they figured out she was samantha kane and now here she is she has a, a daughter named caitlin she has a fellow school teacher as a boyfriend named hal and uh she's been trying chad to figure out yeah. what what her past was right it's it's kind of funny to watch this her memory only goes back eight years but she's somehow a teacher <laughs> does that make sense to you i i guess if she's <laughs> Her, teaching four-year-olds i don't know her memory only goes back eight years she can't cut carrots or celery did you see her try to chop the celery and the carrots i it once saw a man try awful. to chop broccoli but uh yeah go on I well i, I mean maybe it. because she couldn't remember anything else that she liked she just read a lot in eight years that's possible i'm just not i'm not, I'm not on board with it you know what i actually do believe she she believes that Santa Claus is real because her memory only goes back eight years. So she hasn't yeah, like learned she, yet. Yeah, she's she's like still in that window. Right. Yeah. She's in that window of, of belief, which is always fun. But yeah, it's funny because the focal retrograde amnesia is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it, it probably does exist. You know, there's I probably, it does. I think I yeah. Googled it just to make sure, you know, <laughs> so, I don't want to, I don't want to be presenting false information here. on this Right. Program. We don't want to be those people. But yeah, so she's got focal retrograde amnesia. Her memory goes back eight years. She's hiring all these uh, highfalutin private investigators, Chris. Yeah. But now she's down to the cheap ones. Right. And, and this opens the door for us to get introduced to what Samuel L. Jackson calls his favorite character of all time. Yeah, Mr. Street Smart himself, Mitch Hennessy, the, uh, the hustling detective. 
Oh, he's hustling already. He gets a bunch of bums to pretend they're cops. They, <laughs> they, they, they find out who is a Rex Lynn as an adulterer. And uh, yeah, they're doing he's, their thing. He was actually playing himself in that moment. Oh, Rex Lynn was himself? Yes. Are you, does Mrs. Rex Lynn know this? I'm, I'm putting it out there now. I mean, this happened a while ago. I know. She should have known. She, she she really should have. It's her fault. Um, so we go back to Hallmark, or close to it, because it's a Christmas party at Samantha Kane's house. And everyone's there, including uh, old Earl. Alan North, who we just saw, Chad, in Highlander. Did we? Who was he? He was the detective. The cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Apparently, man. Chad has focal retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> he, he only, back he can only remember back three episodes, and that was four <laughs> episodes ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, and he gets he gets sloshed. You know? Oh, yeah. And he's probably of the age you don't want him driving at night anyway, but you definitely don't want him <laughs> driving at night and being drunk. So she, uh, old Samantha decides she's going to drive him home, but that ends poorly. I think would be a, a minor way to say that Chad Cruz. Holy shit. Yes, it does. And there's like a, a long history of insane vehicle accidents involving deer in movies. Um, and this is definitely one of them that, you know, they, they, they smash into this deer or they, they, they swerve and they're going off the road and, and uh, she's thrown from the vehicle and the car is wrecked all to hell. And she bashes her head and uh, the deer is like kind of slowly dying. Like, it's pretty awful to watch. Um, But she has starts having all these quick flashbacks uh, while it's happening. And then uh, I don't know if she just had a moment of uh, like pity for this deer or she just had a moment where she wanted to kill something based on her previous life. But she, uh, just annihilates this deer with their bare hands. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And she didn't just hit the deer. Like the deer gets stuck in the windshield and it's like kicking. And that's yeah. what like it kicks. Yeah, it kicked Earl in the face. Yeah. It kicks him. He's done. <laughs> he is freaking done. And the car's on fire. She's out. It's, it's a mess. It's a big mess. Um, not surprisingly, she's going to end up in the hospital. But before that, Chris, we meet old one-eyed Jack. Uh, yeah, and One-Eyed Jack was not happy to see her on television because although she doesn't remember things, other people do, and he remembers thinking that she should be dead. Yeah, he knows her as Charlie Baltimore. Thought he she was long gone for about eight years at this point, uh, and he freaks the hell out. But meanwhile, Samantha, in the hospital, as I said, she's sedated, as one would think. One And uh, she has a dream, Chad, and she's in, looking in the mirror. It's real freaky, and it's like Samantha is looking at Charlie in the mirror. Yeah, it's one of those scenes that, I don't know. I'm sure when you read it in a script, it sounds really goofy as hell, but I think they do it pretty well in the movie. And, you know, it's really kind of foreshadowing that return of Charlie that's going to, you know, that's going to happen at some point in the movie, so... And now we cut back to old Mitch and his assistant, Trin, and they have some news about who they have dubbed the amnesia chick, who is, of course, Samantha Kane. Uh, apparently, Samantha's former landlord has passed away, and now the kids of the landlord are going through all kinds of stuff and use a credit card that was laying around, and that kind of tipped... That one simple thing tipped off our, our man Mitch here, 
And now he's got all sorts of information that he can provide this woman who has been desperately trying to find out what happened to her. Um, And he's like, tell her I'm on my way. Um, But uh, before he gets there, we get the, what you kind of alluded to Chad with the cutting of the carrots. Yeah. It's a scene where they're making dinner and Samantha's there and she's trying to chop carrots for the salad or whatever. And it's just not going well. It's think about how you chop carrots and then she's doing the opposite of that. Right. So, uh, and they're kind of teasing her a little bit cause she's so worthless, but she's still a teacher <laughs> and he's sleeping with her by the way. Um, she's so obviously not a home economics. Teacher. <laughs> so, but at some point she's starting to have these little, you know, flashbacks or what have you and starts chopping the shit out of these, these carrots. Right. It's, a, it's like a name a famous chef. She's having a moment of those people you just named. (laughs) So she's chopping all these carrots and she's like, I must've done this in my past life. Look at me. I used to be a chef and she's all excited. And then all of a sudden she just flings the knife at the wall and like impales a a tomato or something. And they just have that awkward pause slash moment where they're like, I don't think that she was a chef. No, she's like, Oh, chefs do that. She's trying to convince herself that she is, yes, right. but but yeah, come nobody's on. nobody's come on, brain. Nobody, come uh, on, brain. Uh, uh, come on, brain. My apologies. All right, uh, you're an idiot. Okay, so Timothy, <laughs> old Craig Burko, uh, he's the man who supposedly killed Charlie Baltimore, and now he's heard this news about One Eyed Jack and what he saw on TV and the possibility about Charlie being alive, and this is big trouble, Chris, if it's true. Big yeah, freaking he- trouble. He and not in Little China either. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, One Eyed Jack and Timothy share the same sentiment that uh, if she's alive, she needs to not be alive too much longer. Right. And I'm wondering if Caitlin doesn't want her to be alive in this next scene because her young daughter Caitlin learning to ice skate, and more and more of Charlie is starting to come out, Chad. Yeah. And she's not as uh, perhaps gentle and motherly as old uh, Samantha would be. Yeah, she's she's kind of a bitch. You kind of got turned on by this part, though, probably. A little bit. She gets kind of forceful. You she's like her talking to you that way. She's like, get up. You ain't, you know, you ain't hurt. Like, she's like Jocko Willink or whatever. <laughs> she's Jocko. She turns into Jocko mom. And the, the little girl's like falling and she's complaining about her wrist and she's just screaming at her. Um, but can, can I, can I pause for a moment here? And- Please do. Talk about Craig Burko. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it just me or is Craig Burko just weirdly cast in this movie? Who? What else was he ever in? I don't know. Dickie just, Roberts. <laughs> he was in the, one of the scary movies. Scary movie, one of them. He was know. in Cinderella Man. The boxing movie. Yes. Does he feel out? Does he feel miscast in this to you? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's miscast because being that this was back in 1996, there were a lot of, you know, I don't want to say wacky roles for people, but like, you know, as they as their careers evolved, they just seem like a little bit out of place. So I can't say that. But for whatever reason, I always associate him with being the douchebag dad from that Dickie Roberts movie that David yeah. Speed did. And I just think that. In real life, even though he might be the nicest guy in the world, that Craig Burko is probably an asshole. He just reminds me of like, I don't know. He reminds me of Dane Cook 
Like when, when I look at his face. Yeah, kind of like that frat boyish, Fratty, like, douchey. Like, yep. I just don't see hardened assassin when, when I look at him. And maybe that's his whole, you know, his whole deal. Like, yeah, he's I like look, the leader I'm of assuming. it all. Right. But yeah, sorry, I had to get that out, Brain. No, that's fine. And, you know, to me, he didn't seem out of place because I just didn't know who the hell he was. Yeah. Because I've never probably thankfully seen Dickie freaking Roberts. What? <laughs> okay. So you I haven't? No. Oh, all, all I knew is he had, he did have some quality like stubble. I'm almost like Casper Van Dien level of stuff, like where it's that perfect stubble. Yeah. He had good stubble. I mean, he's, he's a, you know, he's a fine actor, oh, I guess, but I just don't feel like, I don't feel like he suits this role. And, uh, he right, reminds well, who- me of a guy who would be in Dickie Roberts and scary movie four. Yeah. But, you well, know, that was the 90s, too. We'd get these action movies where you get, like, your one or two major players and everybody else is just a solid B or C-list person. So we had Gina Davis. We had Samuel L. Jackson. Everybody else, secondary. Yeah. I don't know. I need my hard-ass killer to be a hard-ass. It almost feels like they should have flipped David Morse and Craig Burko. Thank you. I was just about to say that, and that's a wonderful idea. And I was just about to ask you who you would put in there. So we've all solved each other's problems here. Hopefully we're helping friends here on the Bulletproof podcast. Hopefully we're solving your problems too, folks listening. Yes. We'll solve one more problem by the end of this. And that is what to get your friend and or child for Christmas this year. Absolutely. Good point. Great teaser, Chad. All right. So things, you know, Caitlin may have thought, getting yelled at at the old ice skating rink and breaking her wrist was a problem, but things get much worse because old one-eyed Jack shows up and uh, he's got quite the uh, bit of firepower with him, Chad. Yeah, he does. He uh, knocks on the door. She answers it. And I believe he pulls out a shotgun. Is that right? Yeah, but it's quite a powerful shot. It blasts a pull, whole freaking hole through the side of the house. Pulls out a shotgun and starts blasting holes all throughout the house. And then, yeah, one of my favorite scenes here, Chris, and you I don't know if you've ever done this with your child. You don't have to admit to it because you're on the air and could be authorities could come. But heaves her Caitlin from the house to the treehouse next door. Just throws her. Well, uh... Fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you're looking at this, we don't have a treehouse next door, and we're very Ugh. close to a main road, so uh, little Zach has not been heaved anywhere. Excellent. So this is the kind of thing that kids would love, you know? If, if you're heaving them into, like, a swimming pool yeah. or onto a trampoline of some sort yeah. or a, a thick padded mat. Maybe a bouncy house. Maybe a bouncy house. I don't recommend heaving them in, uh, out of, out of the, uh, the window into a treehouse. I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. It's controversial. I know brain. It, it is rather impressive though, how she went from school teacher with the amnesia to the incredible Hulk in like a 20 minute span. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she kills one eye Jack basically with a pie to the face. She might get deer power, right? She might've gotten oh, some of that deer blood, that deer blood, like uh, that deer blood. Red dog. Dawn. Who baby <laughs> just, just eat on that deer heart. Get all that deer's power. Remember Red Dawn when they did that, Chad Cruz? You're damn right. I remember it. They 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 basically. Have you uh, ever done it? Did you ever try it? Because you saw it no. in a movie and you're influenced by what you see on TV, like a moron. No, I've I've been influenced to try and trick people into doing it. I bet you have. But I've never done it myself. No. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. So yeah, 
she gets him with a pie to the face. Then just to make sure the job is done, snaps his freaking neck. Fucking dead. And then once again, hits the line. Chefs do that. Uh, what? Nice. What kind of chef does that? Yeah. Hell's Kitchen right there. Bobby, Bobby Slay. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, Mark Tacoscos did host Iron Chef America. That's that true. Right. I was going to say, yeah, that's a, that's a freaking Iron Chef that could kill you. Hell yeah. Where is the original Iron Chef? How? Where is that at? Why does Tubi not have that or one of these million streaming services or just Pluto all day long? That it's bullshit. probably out there somewhere if you really, if you have the Food Network or some shit. I don't know. I want it. I it's want probably it. an app. For it. Yeah. I want to watch it right now. All right. Uh, so Mitch shows up right after all this goes down, um, which is convenient. Who? Mitch. Oh, Hennessy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Jackson. Yeah, no, Hennessy. I know him as Hennessy. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know Mitch. him so well I could call him by his first name. So anyway, <laughs> he shows up. He's got her stuff. Uh, you know, he's thinking, oh, I'm just going to give this woman her stuff, blah, 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 collect some money. I'm out of here. But nope, there's a whole thing going on. And these two are about to take quite the road trip, Chris. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't go screaming and running away when all this was going on. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm all in on this. So we get the... Uh, unlikely pairing, and of course, it's not long before shit hits the fan when they go to meet up with uh, one of her old contacts. Yeah, she finds a book amongst uh, her possessions there, and it, she was uh, it was had a little transcript in there from old Nathan Waldman, played by one of Chad Cruz's favorite people, Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Chad loves Cox. Perpetually old as shit. Always old. Yeah. I don't even want to watch a movie where he's young because I don't want to. I won't recognize him. He might be like the Arn Anderson of Hollywood. <laughs> you know, I watched that is a perfect comparison. <laughs> and I, I watched something earlier uh, with a young Leslie Nielsen in it. Oh, and I was like night? disgusted by it. I was like, ugh. yeah, you didn't like it. I don't like his face. All right. Well. You know what I, I did like, like was the fact I that like Brian Cox was watching the Three Stooges in a long kiss goodnight. Yeah, and his was that who was that? Is was that supposed to be his wife or his mom with the dog do, licking its asshole? I don't know. Do I we mean, know? I mean, if that's his mom, then how old was she? Because if Brian <laughs> Cox is perpetually old, I mean, are yeah. they casting hundred-year-old women here? Do do we well, know? Cast, casting Craig Burko for Christ's sake. That's they true. Could, they could cast a hundred-year-old woman. Speaking of Three Stooges. <laughs> Any anyone have any idea where we can get some uh, Three Stooges oh, figures? Oh, oh. I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were just talking about us, uh, talking about this movie. I mean, I, I mean, I've heard that there is this toy company that makes figures. So I mean, okay, we'll, we'll let's save on. that for later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, they get a hold of Nathan Waldman, who was worried about a dog licking its asshole. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's shocked to. To hear from her because again like most people he thinks she's gone she's dead um schedules like hey let's meet up at this train station it's halfway between where you are and where i'm at and i'll tell you everything you need to know so samantha and mitch end up at a cheap hotel uh, and this is not the setup for a porn scene damn it um, <laughs> and uh old sam she finds a compartment in her suitcase chad yeah and there's something hidden inside. Yeah. 
we all have, you know, if you travel as little as I do, you all, you have these old ass suitcases that have the little compartment in them. I normally find old Q-tips in mine, but she finds <laughs> a hidden arsenal. And yeah. she is shocked. Crazy. She's like, holy shit, what the hell is this? And she's like frightened. And then she almost blasts Hennessy. <laughs> right. She instinctively knows how to put that yeah. rifle together. And uh, yeah, Mitch comes in and boom, shakalaka. And that's almost the end of Mitch, Chris, in more ways than one. Yeah, but luckily he avoids death and they avoid certain doom uh, enough to find themselves in more certain doom. Exactly. So, yeah, and that's kind of we get a little bit of Mitch's backstory there that he was a cop who kind of fucked up. And I think he was about to give up on this thing, but maybe he sees this as kind of a chance to redeem like if he helps this woman he's done some good in this world chad cruz right and that you know that's very uh it'll make him feel good you know in the end but i don't think he has any idea what he's getting into at this point in the movie no yeah i think if he knew it was about to happen he would have went with his first instinct of woman i'm taking you home and i'm going home i'm done with all this he would have cussed a lot more than that well that's samuel jackson style uh, so Samantha and Mitch Hennessy go to the train station a few minutes and they get there a few minutes early, but uh, there's a bar. Why not, dude? <laughs> go hang out at the bar. When in Rome. Uh, when in Rome, indeed. And old uh, Timothy shows up just kind of there. I think, Chris, just to make sure, is this really the woman I thought I killed eight years ago? Yep, he is looking for confirmation that she is alive so that he can confirm her death. And moments <laughs> later, we've got a gunfight at the bar. We got a gunfight at the bar. They end up going upstairs instead of right out the front door. I think their their path may have been blocked. That would have made more sense. Uh, there's a grenade in the hallway, Chad. What do yeah. you do in this situation? Choose your own adventure. Okay, grenade. Anytime you anytime a grenade's about to explode, you want to get you want to get on the floor, right? You want to get down. You want to get behind any type of cover. Um, okay. But there was no cover. It was just a there's big no cover. empty hallway. Big empty hallway. The grenades do, do not cause mass flames that roar like lions that run down hallways. It doesn't work that way. They don't blast you out of a window without injuring you. Uh, what they do do, do do, they fling shrapnel at you at a, a high rate of speed that will cut your limbs and will slice your, your arteries and veins and will kill you in, in more ways than one. So what you want to do is you want to get on the ground, get away from them as far as you can uh, to escape the percussion. But you know, if you're close to them, there's two of them really, she should have shoved Hennessy on top of that grenade and she would have survived killing him. Thank you for the most uplifting portion of this special holiday edition of the Bulletproof <laughs> Podcast. So you're trying to t- you're ruining this for me because I thought for sure a grenade blowing would would cause some sort of fireball for no apparent no. reason. No, no, it doesn't work that way. You mean they shouldn't be outrunning the fire like Indiana Jones? Yeah, it was like <laughs> the flame was like making these crazy noises and shit. No, flame doesn't do that. Um, yeah, shoots it's, through the window. Quiet. Sh- shoots, but then doesn't the- she shoot through the ice too? So that yeah, they have and, a safe and the thin landing? ice. And I did like that they they uh, you saw that sign, thin ice, don't skate, like as yeah. they were walking in. So they had a little foreshadowing, right? There. And it's a badass scene. Don't get me wrong, um, but yeah, yeah, flame doesn't move that way. 
Um, in fact, if anything, breaking the window should have caused the fire uh, to increase in velocity. Because of the oxygen. Right. You fed it with oxygen. So, But yeah, whatever. It's a great movie. It's fun. And let's forget about Craig Burko and Bullets for a second. I'm more impressed that they haven't died of hypothermia after this. Yeah, thankfully, uh, their their good buddy Waldman shows up just in time to whisk them away from the train station. Thank, thank that's perfectly worded. And he, thank being, you. He, him being old, probably had that heat cranked up all the way <laughs> in the car because old people get cold. Yeah. So they oh, were- let me tell you something. When I was in my apartment about a decade ago, twelve years ago, I lived above a late seventies, early eighties year old couple. And I used to have to run my air conditioner in November and December because the moment the cold fall weather hit, their heat must have been at the same level as their age. <laughs> let, let me ask you a serious question, though. Oh, boy. Did you ever hear them, you know? No, I didn't. Are you sure? Luckily, yeah. I mean, I thought sure? that I did one night, but it was probably just the guy sweating and sticking to his leather recliner. <laughs> Uh, we can only hope yeah we we can uh (laughs) so yeah old waldman he lets he's got he's got the the info drop for old uh samantha she's not samantha that was her cover samantha kane was a cover an alias if you will her name is charlene elizabeth baltimore and she was an assassin working for a group known as chapter they were a black bag ops division of the U.S. State Department. And it was Waldman who actually trained her to be this assassin. Now, Mitch, he just, he thinks this is all bullshit, Chris. And uh, then they, they do, they just ditch him. And then they're on their way to see a man you brought up earlier, Mr. David Morse. Yeah, uh, they feel that Waldman might just be pulling their leg and that this is all just a bunch of baloney. And they move on. And as they move on, they find out that maybe old Waldman is a little bit more wiser than they gave him credit to be. Well, he is old, so. Age with age comes wisdom. So, yeah, David Morris, it's Luke, not the fiance. Waldman does show up, but it's too late. He's like, yeah, that's not your fiance. That's the guy you were you were supposed to kill. Yeah. And uh, but next thing you know, Waldman's dead. Mitch is thrown in a hole somewhere, and Samantha. And here's another. This probably would seem that Chad Cruz is. Is this your favorite scene, or was the one coming up? Well, this is probably one of them. This the is water torture. Water yeah. torture scene. She's on this wheel. Yep, she is. <laughs> I love. He's he's thinking hard about this scene right now. We might need to. I, something's uh, hard right I now. Love, I can we, love. Can we insert a commercial break right here to give him the time to do whatever he too. needs? I bet you to know who's figures co- toy figures toy company. Your place for action figure needs this holiday season. And now back to the pay show. Us. Pay us. I want. Uh, I want to say that I, I do love a good torture scene, and this is a fun one because. They're getting information from her in between the torturing sessions, which is great because they they have her on this uh, this wheel, you know, yeah. like the, the water wheels or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. and they're just like slowly rolling it under the water. And not only is she being, uh, um, you know, suffocated or whatever under the water, she's drowning slowly. She sees her uh, the hundred year old man Waldman <laughs> dead underwater, um, 
If he's hundred, then that woman was easily one twenty five. But you know, she's not just Samantha now. She's also Charlie. So the whole time she's kind of like slowly rolling around that wheel. She's also getting herself out of the the predicament that she's in. And I think she she reaches over and like gives him a handy for a minute, and she pulls his uh, <laughs> pulls his pistol out. Yeah, <laughs> come on, keep going, keep going. You can do it. Sorry. Uh, and Was it she, cocked and loaded? She pulls his dick pistol out, and right. as she comes back, <laughs> sorry, as she comes back out from uh, from underwater, she fucking shoots the guy. <laughs> Yes, she does with the dick gun. Uh, yeah. Then she goes and rescues Mitch. And then if that was not enough to have Chad Cruz all hot and bothered, this next scene surely was because I believe they end up in Atlantic city in a much nicer, uh, hotel or than their previous, uh, escapades. Uh, and we get the makeover slash shower scene, Chad Cruz. Tastefully yeah. done. Tastefully done. I mean, she's she's basically kind of slutting herself up a little bit here in this scene uh, because she's she's basically leaving the character of Samantha Kane, and now she's full on Charlie Baltimore now, which sounds like a prostitute, uh, right? I, I've I've never known a prostitute. Uh, I don't believe you, but yeah, she um, she's doing her makeup up, and she looks like some sort of a you know. Vic- Victorian era street whore. What? Um, and she's got her her hair all dyed and cut short. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Victorian but, era. <laughs> yes, that is um, very specific. But she, uh, yeah, she's. I mean, at this point, she's full on Charlie Baltimore, and she's ready to kill somebody. Yeah, she's also ready to go back to work, Chris. Yeah. Uh, yes, she is. I should also note that uh, while you may not know this, Mr. Cruz, Charlie Baltimore, that name was actually adapted by a female rapper in the late 90s. So this film did actually inspire somebody to take that name. Good for her. And make themselves famous off of it. Good for it. Quote, unquote, famous. Yeah, exactly. Quote, unquote. Famous. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's well known in certain circles, but it's not like she's on the A-list anymore. Do you know any of her songs? I mean, she was doing stuff with Biggie before he died. She was really? part of Murder, Inc. with Ja Rule. So oh, it's, you know, some heavy was, hitters. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Charlie Baltimore in the movie dealing with heavy hitters. Charlie Baltimore in the rap world dealing with some heavy hitters. You don't want to rap us a few lines? You don't know them. Drop no, I mean, bars. I was never, as much as I am a hip hop head, I'm not a big enough fan of hers to uh, be spouting any verses. I should have learned them for this. If I had known she existed, I would have learned an entire song. Would and you could you? have done karaoke for us. I could have just dropped them. Well, you know, dude. you could do that for our special live. You could show do a freestyle about how Brian Cox is old. <laughs> we just uh, we just uh, open up a Patreon account just for this. Just listen to me freestyle about the age of Brian Cox and how Craig Burko is uh, just. Un, is just Craig Burko. He just sucks. He just <laughs> you, poor Craig Burko. I know. All right. So where were we at? We, are we at uh, when we're there was Mr. Perkins? Time? And when I saw Mr. Perkins, I knew I had seen this man before. 
And do you know what movie it is I remembered him from? What movie was it that you remembered him from? It is the one and only Euro Trip, Ooh. where he played Arthur Fromer, the guy who does like yes. the guidebooks and is the like the hero of the one the nerdy guy in the movie. I don't remember his name, but yeah, I'm like he reminds me of something. And he else. makes him a tour guide at the end of the movie. Yeah, he becomes a tour. Yeah, it's like his dream job. So yeah, Euro Trip. What a fantastic film. It's so fun. It if really you is. don't know, then you're just like Scotty. You got to watch that one. That's right. <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon shows up in there. And uh, Lana from Smallville is in oh, there. Is, is, I uh, had a biggest crush on her. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah, Kristen Kreuk. There you yes. go. She was she on was a, a fantastic Canadian drama called Edgemont, which you can find all seasons of on YouTube. Edge. Also in Sex Cult. Well, it's, it's not as deeply as the other one. Not as deeply as the other one, but uh, she had her foot in the door. Yeah, I think she got out before she... Good for her. Uh, So, yeah. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Mr. Perkins. Arthur Fromer himself. So... Not as nice as Arthur Fromer, though. No. She calls calls him like, hey, I want to come in. Of course, he's just... Oh, sure. Well, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you where we're going to meet. Because wisely, she's like... "Mm." I know the the spy world has filled a bunch of shady mother, you know. And then uh, little does she know how shady this man has become in her eight-year absence. Um, but she's about to because some hitmen show up and try to kill her in an alley, Chad. Yeah, it's almost as if it was planned for that to happen, right? Mr. Perkins is a real piece of work. And uh, he basically tells Timothy, like, all right, now go kill her. Right. Now she's returned. Go kill her. You got 24 hours. Find her and kill her. Find her and make her dead. Um, but yeah, she she comes into the alley. And I think at that point, her and Mitch had kind of, did, did they kind of separate ways there for a moment? Well, I think, yeah, I think. They were was, bickering in that scene. Yeah, bickering. She didn't really need him. I mean, Samantha right. needed Mitch, but freaking Charlie Baltimore doesn't need Mitch. Right. And then the hitman attacked Charlie and it's all kind of, she has kind of allowed it to happen just so that she can get her jollies off by murdering these guys. Yeah, she drew them out. Because didn't she say, don't you know that when they come after you, there's more than one? Right. Yes. yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yeah, so Mitch is deeply uh, over his head, uh, as we already knew from the very beginning. But but Charlie knows it more than anyone because she knows this world better than anyone. Um, right. You know, she, she almost died because of it. She lived through it, and now she's back to get her revenge. And she does, though, come up with an assignment perfect for Mitch's skill level, and that's to go to a locker in Buffalo to get money and whatever else she may have stashed in there. But the key to said locker is back at Samantha Kane's house, so everything kind of shifts back to small-town USA for a little bit so she can get that charm bracelet with the key. But uh, they're not the only ones who end up over there, Chris. I uh, know she is followed home and all hell breaks loose in the hometown because now they are after her and now her daughter is being taken by the bad guys and used as collateral against her. And yeah, we have this scene where the uh, young kid who's smoking when he shouldn't be pisses himself. Yeah, that was funny. It really was. I was I was rolling on the floor laughing. R-O-F-L! <laughs> oh, shit. So okay. how about uh, Timothy, you know, he talks to Charlie and he says, hey, uh, I got your daughter. Meet me at the nearest Holiday Inn. <laughs> Hotel, motel. Yeah. Holiday Inn. 
I ever tell you I used to work at a holiday? holiday no, inn? please tell us. Yeah. Do you want to hear like, I wanna, we story hear. after story? Is this a gigolo story? No. Uh, I got Did all you... kinds of good stories about the holiday inn. All right. Well, give us one of them. Uh, no. I want to save it for another time. Okay. Thank you. But special, I will tell you that Holiday I, Inn Hotline edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Not only was it a Holiday Inn, it was the one near the airport, so it was oh. extra shady. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of good stuff. I'll, I'll, you know, remind me next time, and I'll, I'll drop some on you. Okay, we cannot wait for that. Uh, so yeah, he wants to meet at the Holiday Inn. Doesn't want to talk over these newfangled cell phones. He needs That's to t- call stupid. on. A, he needs to call him on a landline because nobody's ever tapped a landline before dumb shit all right <laughs> but mitch has an idea right oh does he ever yeah mitch is a you know you want to be shady mitch could be shady right along with you because street smart he is street smart mitch hennessy that'd be his wrestling name yep. and uh porn name he okay he has an idea and uh fortunately chris the phone company's nearby Yep. I don't know if yep. Chris is. Uh, he, he no, no, no. I'm still here. For some reason, I started talking to you, but my headset was not uh, near my mouth. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to pop a cough drop for a second and I moved it up as you guys were chatting. And then I started talking without you. Uh, yeah. So he wants to, they want to trade uh, the little one for the big one. Uh, and I don't mean <laughs> anything. Yeah, <laughs> We're not going back to dick pistols. We are talking about trading Caitlin for Charlie. Yeah. They get to the point where the, you know, that it, it, it's always convenient when you can uh, drive uh, 38 seconds and get to your local telephone company <laughs> broadcasting headquarters or whatever it is. And they're able to track, I believe they can track they, uh, that stupid they, they Craig Burko. Yeah, they trace they, the call. They trace the call and they find out he is in all places, the most Canadian place of all, Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. You know, it would have been more appropriate if Brian Cox is watching the episode of the Three Stooges where they do the Niagara Falls joke to kind of tease this. It would have been good. I would have that would have been like one of those deep dive things that people you never notice it until, you know, some jerk off on YouTube mentions it. You know what I mean? That's, well, I'll be that jerk off on this podcast. <laughs> hey, dun, 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 dun. All right. But but once they get to Niagara Falls, what do they find out, Brain? Ah, Timothy and Perkins are in cahoots. Oh, shit. Shit. Tell, tell us more, dog. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> A corrupt government official? How dare they? So, yeah. You know, eight years ago, these guys were on opposite sides. Now they're in bed together. Not literally, um, like, Timothy, like Timothy and Samantha were, or uh, Charlie. So, all right, we're gonna try this rescue. We're we're gonna we're gonna get Caitlin before this whole exchange thing has to happen. At least that's the plan. But it does not go as planned, and Charlie and Mitch are captured. We find out that Chapter is gonna fake a terrorist attack, all so they could get more money. Yeah out of Congress because, you know, and, and this was kind of a, and it, part of me wondered if this is why this movie kind of gets uh, swept under the rug a bit, just because they kind of mentioned the world trade center bombing and all that. Yeah, and It's five years early, you know, five years later, things would change significantly in, in regards to that. 
Uh, so yeah, is that why that this movie's kind of disappeared off the rate? Like you don't see this pop up on the on these uh, stations that have nothing but Christmas show movies, diehards, and all that. Right. I don't yeah, know. they gave the long kiss goodnight, the long kiss goodbye. Yes, they did. Take that, <laughs> Rennie Harlan. Um, so, yeah, we we get that. We find this out. It's all it's all about the money. And uh, then, as I mentioned, as I alluded to, it seems that old uh, Charlie and Timothy may have uh, knocked some boots eight years ago or so, and that uh, Caitlin is actually Timothy's daughter. Oh, hey. But. Child support. We find out that that Timothy, Chris, is a cold hearted bastard. Yes. And he wants the ladies to be equally cold hearted because he leaves them to freeze to death. He surely does. Uh, But. Once again. An unlikely escape, Chad Cruz. That involves baby doll urine. Yeah. Take it from here. I mean, it happens all the time. Uh, I guess you don't read the news, but baby doll urine is the number one reason that people escape from frozen death scenarios. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, we've got, we've, we've got this. Okay. Let's, let's stop for a second. Bear Grylls has nothing on Chad Cruz. There's, there's a great, this is a couple great scenes they hear that are shoved together in about eight minute sequence. So we, we've got the attempted rescue of Caitlin, which we get Charlie and Mitch working it together as a team. One of them uh, providing overwatch for the other uh, and just picking dudes off left and right. Pow, 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 pow. There's so many bad guys in this facility that I'm assuming they're government workers. I don't know, but they look like post office workers because they're worthless. Uh, but they're take getting that, shot. Post office. Boom! Take that. Burn number one. It's the busiest <laughs> time of year, Chad. You're, you're I know. On the yeah, they they close their doors at like four. What do you get out of here? Um, so they uh, so they're getting picked off one by one. Pow, 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 pow. And Mitch is running around getting shot like every ten seconds. Like he just keeps getting shot. Uh, but you can't stop uh, Mitch Hennessy, by the way. So eventually they do both get captured and they're in this, uh, this frozen prison, if you will. Uh, Timothy finds out he is the dad. He doesn't give a shit because he's a heartless piece of crap. Cold hearted bastard. Is the uh, Craig Burko. I, I told you Craig Burko sucked. So he <laughs> leaves them in there to die together. And what do we get? We get this epiphany from Charlie who is now uh, edging ever so closely into the Samantha King character as well. So that, you know, she's becoming not only this cold hearted assassin, but she's also uh, a mother, you know, she's realizing what she had. Uh, maybe it's what she needed. So she's becoming a mother again. And it, it's kind of giving her the inspiration to not, to not die for one, but to also live to get out of this mess and to kill that piece of shit, Craig Burko. Yeah. And so the baby doll piss is really kerosene. <laughs> and there's baby doll piss, yeah. Uh, so she's got this kerosene. She's trying to get a spark going. Uh, but then we have that magical moment. Because when Samantha left, she gave Caitlin some matches and a candle to light in the window for her. to Keep vigil until she came back. And wouldn't you know what old Caitlin had stashed in her, in her uh, cast? those matches and that's really what does it right there yeah what an uncomfortable thing to have exactly so that blows up the door 
That blows up a lot of stuff because Mitch, yeah. who's getting the shit kicked out of him, uh, he's being tortured by Timothy. Again. Again. The blast is so, just sends him flying out into the woods. And like you said, though, you really can't. You could beat him up. He's like, you know, takes a licking but keeps on ticking. And uh, then, Chris, though, this is the part I didn't really understand with old Caitlin. What made her do what she's about to do? What explain to the audience? Uh, are we talking about how she's being attacked by the helicopter and decides no. to open yeah. fire? No, where she runs, she hides in the most. Like, how did she even know that was a place? Oh, I'm sorry, you said Caitlin. I said Charlie. Oh, yeah, Charlie. Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah, uh, I think. I mean, she was what an eight year old kid. She's, she's just trying eight, to find yeah. cover wherever she can. You know, she doesn't know. She, you know, she's not a trained assassin, and if she is, you know, it's not in the genes yet. So she's just doing what she's doing. She's scared. She's on the run. Her dad doesn't want her. Her dad wants her to freeze to death. Her mom's a hired killer. The nicest guy to her is some, you know, street smart, strange detective guy. I mean, she's yeah. got to do what she's got to do. Well, I think it was stupid. Yeah, brain spoken like a guy who has no children. Come on, man. Uh, but I'm trying to think of my like. I wouldn't have thought as a child like, oh, does that thing open up and can I fit inside <laughs> of it? <laughs> Is what oh, I'm man. coming with. Hey, you know what? You ever play hide and seek with kids, brain? I yes. They hide in the weirdest places. They do. I've I've lost two or three. I don't even know where they are now. <laughs> I I imagine that's unfortunately true. So yeah, she hides in the tanker truck. Now, mind you, we t- we talked about the the terrorist, the fake terrorist attack. The truck is this basically a bomb on wheels. Yeah. And that, this is going to be the terrorist attack uh, that they're going to put this truck in the middle of town and, and basically blow a bunch of people up. But fortunately, Charlie gets control of the truck and uh, it ends up on its side on the bridge between the U.S. and Canada. And we get quite a little battle here, Chad, between our assassin. And I'm sure you believe easily that Charlie is tougher than old Timothy. Yeah, I mean, there's no question in my mind that uh, Charlie is tougher than Timothy, a.k.a. Craig Burko, a.k.a. a terrorist, a real-life terrorist, Craig Burko. <laughs> I do I do believe that. That's. I mean, he could come at you for slander. You better get the bulletproof lawyers involved here. Uh, brain, what do we got, man? <laughs> Jesus, Chad. You're going to have to call, uh, what's his name on Cornette's podcast? Stephen, Stephen Pino. Pino. We need you. <laughs> Well, let's just say this. Let's just say this. Craig. <laughs> the views of Chad Cruz do not reflect those of the Bulletproof Podcast, Bulletproof Action, Chris D. Petrillo, I'll, the figures, anybody, me. If I, have, if I have to send Craig Burko a t-shirt, I will. Oh, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You really yeah. Lo- secretly love Craig Burko. Uh, you know. You're just trying to get it. This is, you're like. The, the little kids, you know, the boy punches the girl in the face in second what? grade to get her attention. You know what I'm talking about. No, I, we all know that I hate Craig Burko, but yeah, he is a terrorist in this movie. I just found that out tonight, actually. And okay. potentially in real life. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, yeah, if we finally get the, uh, some, some awesome sequences here at the end with Charlie, like riding ropes and shit while shooting and doing all kinds of crazy stunts. Uh, Gina Davis is highly 
underrated as an action star. I was going to say that is, yeah, she was the most impressive part of this movie. I mean, Samuel she is Jackson awesome. is, is exactly what you'd expect Samuel Jackson to be. Right. Yeah, uh, Gina Davis going in, you in, you know, and that could be another reason I never saw it too. Like, even if I had like, whoa, Gina Davis in an action movie, whatever. Right. I got, I got all these Jean-Claude Van Damme movies to watch for heaven's sake. Of course. I don't have and time I- for what, what the hell is she doing? Who who told her she's an action star? But Cutthroat you know Island told me that she was awesome. No, I didn't see that movie. But well, like it's great. Of, like a lot of the world. Okay, so <laughs> real quick disclaimer. Master and Commander, probably the best uh, ship sea battle film ever made. Cutthroat Island, also amazing. That, Anyone who loves Master and Commander has to watch Cutthroat Island because it's equally okay. as good. It's oh, but, equally yeah, the sea battles. I'll give you the sea battles. Maybe not the story and characters and, and, and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but but yeah, anywho, Charlie, Timothy, battle it out. Craig Burko dies like he should in real life. But he takes a big plunge. Uh, and uh, thankfully, he's gone for the rest of the film. No, he's not. Or is he? Uh, Dude, I see. Way to, way to ruin bury the, the lead. Come on, man. I'd like to bury something. All right. So, Charlie. <laughs> Craig Burko is what Chad wants Craig to Burko. <laughs> So yeah, so we think this is that old uh, Timothy's out of the out of the picture, uh, but we still got this bomb situation going on. That's that's not going away. And there's like six minutes to go, and it seems to be like the longest six minutes in the history of the film. Um, so what your girlfriend said? Thank, thank you. I suppose because uh, <laughs> I'd be hit. never mind. Yeah, six minutes ago, she tells Caitlin, get the hell out of here. Just go. Don't turn back. But, of course, Caitlin, who jammed herself in a freaking truck compartment like a jackass, comes back and now kind of returns that ice skating favor. Yeah. She just starts reading the riot act to her mother. (laughs) She is a motivated. I hope this young girl grew up to be a motivational speaker, Chris. Yeah, because, uh, you know, earlier in the film, when Samantha was starting to morph back into Charlie mode, she was uh, not exactly mom of the year. You know, some say tough love. Some say she might have been a little rough. And now Caitlin's like, hey, Dad called her a bitch. Yeah, Yeah, he did. She was. And Caitlin was like, you know what? You gave me shit and I fell and hurt my wrist. Well, guess what? Get up, get off your ass and save my life. Do your job, lady. Right. Nice. I dig it. I respect her. Yeah, and she's yeah, and- the unsung hero, but also an idiot for going in that truck compartment. Uh, so Timothy, though, we find out after this, you know, it's like, okay, good. Ah, uh, but they, they, you know, it's a roller coaster at the end here because now we find out Timothy's still alive and now he's got a helicopter, Chad. And that's yeah. not a good combination. No, you Craig never give. Craig Burko and a helicopter. That's no. the worst combination I could think of right now. You never give Craig Burko a helicopter. I've been saying that for. I don't know how long. How Last long have we? When did we start seconds. this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it's been 54 a while. Fifty-four minutes ago. Yeah, fifty-four minutes ago, I started mentioning Craig Burka for the first time in my entire life, and I already don't like the guy. Uh, but yeah, he he appears reappears in a helicopter for whatever reason, um, and you know, thankfully, we have someone who just refuses to die. Uh, for yeah, the, he, probably the first time in his career, and that's Samuel Jackson. He dies well, a lot in movies. He heard the word motherfucker, and that was like injecting him with like 18 <laughs> Red Bulls, and he just came flying to the rescue. Yeah, he, he is definitely like the human cockroach in this movie because he does not die. And uh, it's Mitch to the rescue, and just as 
she promised earlier in the film, Timothy, a.k.a. Craig Burko, dies screaming. And he's in a bad spot when that bomb goes off. Well, everybody really is. But fortunately, old Mitch can drive faster than an explosion. Yeah. Uh, Timothy was not so lucky, though. He's dead now. Now he's really dead this time. It's a good thing the woman didn't drive there, right? Um, I thought you were going to say that when the uh, truck flipped on its side, but... Um, oh, shit. Yeah. A missed opportunity. Sorry, ladies. That's Can we edit that in there? Chad's opinion. Um, and so, yeah, they they managed to outdrive the explosion. They're over in Canada. And uh, they, they do come back to the United States. She has a nice chat with the president who was a senator who raped or killed a hooker in Godfather 2. <laughs> in real life. Uh, and I don't know if she looked like a Victorian hooker or not. Uh, yeah. Didn't see her until she was dead on the floor. And Tom Hagen had to come in and clean up the mess. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really a fun ending to the film. And it ends in such a happy way. Right. For all the good, all the good guys. You know, Brian Cox is dead. That sucks. But he was but at so least he old. doesn't have to deal with that dog licking its asshole anymore. <laughs> I know. That was really driving him up the wall. Uh, and I'm sure his wife got some sort of a payout after that. Pension, you know, yeah. Some sort of pension that he had with the government. I don't I don't know who he worked for. It might have been a, a contractor. I don't who know. Who cares? But uh, but they all lived happily ever after. Mitch went on with his Mitching ways and Yeah. Proved his yeah. ex wife. Yeah, he's on he's on Larry King. Yeah, he's he's like now he's famous, uh, and he will apparently live forever. He must Highlander, dude. He's immortal. Um, like this, Alan North. We did that episode a few times ago, I think. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's a really cool ending, and like you said, we get the uh, we get the happy ending for the for the mom who is who is now kind of back in business in a way. Um. Yeah, but. she got her stash that was in that, that locker, and she's yeah. living large now. And did you notice that little Easter egg at the end, that she was kind of dressed like Susan Sarandon from when they were in Thelma and Louise together? I did what? not notice that. Yeah, when she's driving in the car, she's driving in like the open-top convertible, and she's got the little scarf around her head, just like Susan Sarandon did in uh, Thelma and Louise. That's fun. Nice little nod to her non-action past there. One thing I didn't know about Long Kiss Goodnight. Thank you, Chris. And yeah, and she kills like a cricket or something that's making too much noise for her. So everything's going to be fine for Samantha slash Charlie, Hal, Caitlin, Mitch, but not Brian Cox. You know what's funny is the film that Gina Davis follows this with isn't... Uh, isn't for three years. It's three years later. It really must have taken a lot out of her. Oh, it's, wait. I, I know what it is. And it's Stuart Little. <laughs> All right. And so apparently her action career did not go as expected. And then she went from Stuart Little to television because she had the show where she was uh, the woman president. Was it a commander in chief? Yep. Well, she did the Gina Davis show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, a couple years later. And then she did, uh, you know, she did commander in chief back in uh, 2005. So yeah, her action career did not take off, which is sad because this was a fun movie. Yeah. 
this is you know like we were saying how it's something that's like overlooked and everything but it's one of those movies that it's just you know it doesn't lag there's nothing really no. boring or anything about it it's just a you know a nice little popcorn movie as the kids say yeah it was definitely one of those when i did finally watch it last year that i'm like how have i not seen this movie and you know what like like you said chad it gets talked about but usually just around christmas time for obvious reasons yeah but it's not one that you constantly hear about uh, so i'm definitely glad i did hear about it and watched it last year and watched it again this year for this fine episode of the bulletproof podcast any final thoughts about the movie chad yeah i think that cutthroat island probably had left a poor taste in people's mouths on uh, gina davis is a leading action star uh it probably didn't help this but uh i mean like we said it's super fun the action's awesome if it the one problem it has is craig burko he sucks right it, it, there's no good villains that. Yeah, yeah, we established how much he sucks. There are no good villains in this movie. He's just like Arthur Fromer wasn't good enough for you. No, he was not. I mean, come on, the cat was Mister Per. The cat played a better Mister Mister Perkins than Arthur Fromer, whatever his name was. But yeah, it's a fun movie. It's certainly worthy of its status as like one of the better Christmas action movies. I kind of want to watch Euro Trip now, but go on. I love that movie. I I, I saw do that. Too. On at Fort Benning, I was at Fort Benning going through infantry school when I was in the army, and we got a one time pass for three hours and we raced ourselves to the nearest movie theater and watched Euro Trip. It was a great experience, and I'll never forget it. All right, well, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this will never forget. This was the episode where your grudge against Craig Burko became public. Yes. And I will never forget it either. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me for it. But let's, before we go, it's the holiday season. It's a great time for action figures. It's always a great time for action figures. But Christmas is really something special. And uh, I happen to see recently, Chad, one of our old co-workers, has his first action figure. Mr. Eli Drake slash L.A. Knight. We knew him as Dick Rick in the HWA. He has his first figure with Figures Toy Company, Chris. Uh, yes, he does. The action figure of Eli Drake, a.k.a. L.A. Knight, is now in stock, along with uh, AEW's Man of the Year, all-ego Ethan Page, and the WCW wonderkind himself, Alex Wright. They are now all in stock at figurestoycompany.com if you're looking to add a little bit of new wrestling figures to your collection. Uh, we also have the new Filmation Batman figures based on the new adventures of Batman cartoon. So there's Batman, Joker, and the pink-suited Riddler, which people may not know was uh, a little one-off thing in the opening credits to the show, but we went and made a variant edition figure out of it, and that's something that you can grab uh, a whole host of DC Comics-based figures, Scooby-Doo, pro wrestling. You can even buy Santa Claus himself at figurestoycompany.com. So please check us out this holiday season. Add some of our items to your Christmas list for Santa to leave under the tree for the kids. And you can follow us about everything else that we're doing on social media. It's at Figures Toy Co. on Twitter, figurestoycompany.com. Figures Toy Company on Instagram, Figures Toy Company on Facebook, and you can also check out Wrestling Superstore, which is owned and operated by us, for even more 
wrestling merchandise that we manufacture and carry. And uh, we also just yesterday officially announced that we'll be doing the first ever Louis Spicoli action figure in our Legends line based on his Rad Radford appearance from mid-90s WWF. Yeah, the body Donna in training, Rad Radford. That's right. And uh, I know, Chad, you and I discussed some figures to a company business last time. And uh, we mentioned some potential collector's items that figures toy company will have due to the news about ring of honor. So that yeah. ring of honor series could be quite the collectible item. Wouldn't you say Chris? Uh, definitely because uh, unfortunately with ring of honors choices to uh, cease standard operations, uh, it means that we will no longer be able to pursue the contracted talent because talent would not be contracted there. Right. So uh, some previously planned figures may not see the light of day. Uh, It's possible that we may shuffle some into our independent line if we are able to work out a deal individually with the talent. Uh, But right now, I would suggest getting any Ring of Honor items uh, while you can. There are some new figures in stock, PCO, Brody King, the new Jay Lethal, new Jay Briscoe. Uh, the Ring of Honor replica belts are marked down to just $200 each, uh, and they are some of the most intricately designed replica belts on the market, so you're not going to find a better deal on those. So it's Christmas time. Everyone's looking for a gift to buy. Everyone's going to have money in their cards that they're ready to burn. Go to figurestoycompany.com and do a little of that spending over there. Absolutely. And, you know, one some that caught my eye were the uh, like the Legion of Doom villains from Super Friends. Uh, some great figures. The Toy Man figure. Oh, yeah. You have to have a Toy Man figure, don't you? I do indeed have a Toy Man figure. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, earlier when you mentioned him being our second favorite Toy Man, that's who I thought you were oh, acknowledging. You the, yeah, a Superman, you know, a Superman DC villain. villain a DC... Yeah. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a, f- a friend of anyone who, who opposes Superman. That's yeah. That's crazy talk. I have a one question, Mr. Toy Man, and uh, the bandito figure. Uh, yeah, that is, there... is one that is unfortunately had been delayed due to COVID because yes. it would have been out uh, earlier in this year had uh, the time frame matched up. But uh, it's not far enough along to get it out in time before everything with Ring of Honor shifts. So it is unlikely unless we can get him into the Rising Star series, which is something I have suggested and I will see if I can pull off. Okay, that that was one that uh, I've had my eye on uh, as a fan of figures and uh, as a father who buys his kid all the toys that I always wanted as a kid. Um, yeah, so I've seen that one multiple times, and, and yeah, I'm a little pissed off now. Yeah, Bandito, Mark Briscoe, Shane Taylor, Kenny King, uh, Vincent, a.k.a. Vinny Marsilia, uh, Matt Taven's arch rival over there. Right. Um, they are all figures that had seen various levels of design and production but unfortunately with the shutdowns last year they were basically all kaput for the longest time so those ones are not likely to see the light of day unless i'm able to get something going which each of those people individually well if anyone could do it the toy man can i appreciate your motivation and support always always and of course as always, I want to encourage everyone to check out BulletproofAction.com. Some interesting things coming up. As always, we have something new each and every day. I know we're going to be 
covering uh there's a new spider-man movie coming out there's a new matrix movie coming out you better believe we will have reviews on that uh we're gonna have a special edition of ranked the charles bronson one did quite well for us last month so we got another one coming up probably on christmas day stay tuned for that and i know uh chris you've got bulletproof which what perfect movie for bulletproofaction.com yeah, another great movie celebrating its 25th anniversary, much like the one that we just reviewed here tonight. Uh, Bulletproof from 1996 with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans will be the focus of a No Surrender Cinema this month. And uh, as you listen to this, if you have already been able to get a shot to watch every episode of the Chucky series from USA and Sci-Fi, go and check out my previous No Surrender Cinema, which gave a rundown of everything that we saw in season one. Absolutely. That's now uh, the entire uh, season streaming on Peacock for those of you who are interested. And I believe that's, you can still get that for free. Uh, you will get ads with it, but uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, Chad, anything you want to plug about uh, what you've got cooked up for us? I know you had mentioned something about a potential giveaway. Yes. Uh, I'm, we're planning a little giveaway around Christmas time. Um, I'm sure you'll, you'll see some info information about it on the, Bulletproof Action Twitter page very soon, and maybe Facebook as well. Chad is giving away every DVD he owns that stars Craig Burko. I'm giving away uh, three free punches to the stomach of Craig Burko. Uh, <laughs> wow. he, I will capture him. I will place him on a spinning wheel that goes underwater. No, just kidding. But we will have some uh, Bulletproof Podcast t-shirts available. And uh, I think a good giveaway around Christmas time. I think it's just, it's part of the Christmas spirit. You know what I mean? Right. You know, we watch these great Gina Davis movies, these, these fun Christmas action movies. And uh, as, as much as I hate Craig Burko, I think it's time to give back to the people brain. I, I, I concur. You talk about how much you hate our readers and our listeners what? all the time. What? And I'm always like, no, dude, they're great. They're amazing people. They I have think great you're confusing taste. the readers with the staff. Oh, that's what you said, staff. That's what you said. Yeah. Man, Sorry. you're going to make our numbers drop faster than old Brian Cox. <laughs> oh, I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brian Cox, if you're listening. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, again, our next one, we're going to be part of the second annual Geekscape livestream Tacular. That will be live on December 17th, but you can hear the audio version of that on our usual scheduled time, December 21st. We might uh, do a little bonus audio for that one, too. I don't know yet. We'll see. But you know what we're covering, Chad? Because it is not just the holiday season. It's diehard season. Yes. So we're going to be talking about our favorite diehard clones as part of the, again, second annual Geekscape live stream tacular. And we're doing six hours, right? No, we are doing about one hour. We are oh, not, we okay. Are not responsible because, yeah, this is like, I think, yeah. a 14-hour event. We are only responsible for one hour of that. I was going to have a big orange juice bottle to pee in. Okay. Uh, I already had a plan, so can I go ahead and do that anyways? Um, remember, you're going to be on camera, so just keep the camera uh, shoulders and up, I would say, if you're going to be peeing. In okay, the got it. Copy. Thank you. Show off those pectorals. <laughs> Do I have to take my shirt off? No, wear a shirt <laughs> as well, please. Okay. I was confused. Perhaps a Christmas sweater. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Some extra coverage. Yeah. <laughs> wear layers, Chad. 
uh, yeah, we don't we don't need to be that familiar with you. All right, everyone. I think we've gone on long enough. This has a been a somewhat off the rails edition of the Bulletproof Podcast, but that's just the way we like it here. And I want to thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.